Welcome to the future of life, work, and wellness with Mgomo. My name is Al Wynant, and in today's episode, we're continuing the conversation about the future of work with Barry Ford. Barry is a certified executive coach and professional certified coach, and he has extensive background working with senior leaders and professionals on their professional career mobility. I spoke with Barry a little while ago. Hey, Barry, welcome to the show. Well, hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So a lot has changed in the last you know, 24 months, you know, the current labor market and so on. So what's, what's really changed, in your opinion, um, for both the employer and the employees over the past couple of months? Well, I think what happened, I mean, the last 24 months have been just bizarre. And the only way to describe it, the employer uh, dynamic, employee dynamic has shifted. The power structure has shifted. And COVID, the whole pandemic, just set up everything that we'd been planning and saying five years out was going to happen, right? Technology came in, uh, was, it was bigger than ever right now. It's still, you know, that's what's happening. Uh, automation is still what people are talking about. But what has happened is, is that uh, with this power shift um, from the employer to the employee, a whole bunch has changed in terms, this is the current market right now, mm-hmm. where employees uh, are just, uh, you know, people looking for work are feeling a little bit more empowered than they were 24 months ago. And I say a lot more empowered. They're feeling, hey, it's, it's, it's about my time. I can ask for what I want. I can get what I want. I can ask for more money. It's I'm, I, my value, what I'm, how I'm treated is important. So that has been what I see as one of the fundamental changes that's happened over the last 24 months. And here we are in the reality of a, a, a rather interesting market where uh, recruiters are maxed out and uh, employees are saying, well, hey, uh, be, you know, what's the offer for me? I'll, I'll consider it. So, how, so you said earlier here that we are now where we were thinking we were going to be five years from now with the technology and so on. So, but how do you see the current labor market evolves? So what do you think that's going to look like, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now? What are employers going to, you know, have to keep in mind um, in those in those couple of years? Well, I think, uh, and I'm going, going to the technology piece right off the hopper, it is uh, automation is just a reality, whether it's been in the hiring process, whether it be in you know, the type of work that people are doing. So that is coming along. So competitive marketplace, that's you've got certain employers that are embracing it and doing it, and certain employees that are embracing it and doing it as well. So that, I think, is coming up really, really fast. Now, what does that look like in terms of hiring? It says we still need more people. Ironically, automation isn't inching people out of the equation which is what everybody thinks is going to happen. We've, we've got a demand and it's going to continue uh, as automation comes in. Um, on the other side is just training. When you, uh, you know, uh, augmented reality, the, uh, the ability to have on-site uh, visual tours and training through someone, someone sitting at home because we're dealing with a remote workforce or, or a hybrid at least workforce, we can train people and they can get a good sense of what it's like to be right on, hands-on through this, uh, you know, wonderful thing called AR. 
And you might say, well, that sounds pipe dream, Barry. Well, it is coming and it's coming fast. I had a, a manufacturing company, for example, that in on the East Coast, uh, what they were were wanting to do was, uh, you know, bring on some more staff. They were having trouble getting people manufacturing. They're in manufacturing, right. and so they did all their training through AR. So it's happening now. So that is, I, I think, those are the the things that are we're going to see really kind of take hold. The employer market, like the question is, will this dynamic, this power shift between what I what I see as has been, I mean, it's a historical thing, goes from employers having all the power to employees starting to, you know, driving it, which we see today. I think that that's going to continue just based on the way work is done now and the hybrid model and the remote ability of, to, to engage workers. It's interesting as we have gone, since we are a very young company, you know, we started during the pandemic in essence. So this whole, you know, hiring and interviewing and working with, with new people has been done virtually. And so I look forward for this whole industry, the technology behind it to become more and more fine-tuned because I have, I have learned if you let the virtual reality take over completely, you really miss out on good applicants because they don't use a certain keyword or something where there is still that, you know, we have to get involved. We have to still have a human part to that. So I'm really looking forward to how that can be more fine too. But also, you know, especially right now, employers, although I think we're learning, you know, how to shift through here, the, it's been done in the same way for so long. So employers who are still sort of reluctant and confused and sort of stuck in the old way of doing things, what, what advice can you give them to, to kind of start this process of, you know, um, you know prepare or, or work in this new reality? Well, it, it, it's a great kind of thought uh, to, to, to explore because it's not easy to shift a paradigm of old, old thought. We've got a lot mm -hmm. of senior leadership who has been that way. They've just had a two-year break uh, and they're saying, well, we, we knew that worked, right? We knew we were productive in that old model. And I, the, the, the thing that I look forward to is business model, the success business. I mean, in your business, it's going to be bottom line driven. We, we can, you know, do some, we can make more money by having a remote workforce. We, we can, uh, and, and I'm being very practical here because that's what other businesses will, will convince them to shift over. They'll see a competitor who has embraced this whole reality of the way work is done now and them outpacing them, maybe delivering uh, better results. Uh, it's going to be the business that drives it. It's slow now because we think, and again, the thought leadership on it is, kind of messy a bit right now because they don't know where it's going to land. Mm. They don't know where it's going to land. So it kind of leads me into my next question, really. So having, you know, these remote workforces, you know, you have like, I have to run a team. I have to manage these people who are in all of these different places. But taking that out of the, out of the conversation, how do you, in, in this context of having all this having new workforce from home, how do you actually, you know, lead them rather than manage or run them? 
Well, you have to understand some basic concepts first is that proximity bias exists. Mm. It's just, it's a reality of the people close to us. We tend to relate. We're human beings, right? So if someone's in the room with us, we tend to favor it, not favor them consciously, but subconsciously, just, we, we get to know them a little bit better. They're right there next to us. So if you have a remote workforce, or people who are in between coming to the office maybe once a week or once every couple of weeks for a meeting or two, you've got to be aware that your, your ability, you as a leader are, uh, you know, at risk of favoring certain folks over the others unconsciously because you, uh, just, just human nature. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 to answer your question is this is really about, we've got to train our leaders and we've got to let them know that this is a reality and have them have some exposure to it. Because it, if it's something new, we're going to, human beings are as they are, we'll go to, to the easy, the safety routes. We'll go to the easy way. And these, some of these concepts are just really, you got to, uh, people, you know, I mean, we're talking on uh, here, you and I are in different parts of the world. We don't even, you and I are okay with it. Yeah. Um, but we have a certain dynamic, a relationship. You're, I'm an information source as someone uh, out here in the, the, the world, and we have that dynamic. But when you're looking at an employee and a leader in a relationship, we got to understand the dynamics at play and uh, really get to know. So train our leaders. I, can, I can't say enough about train, training uh, business, the coaching business of all things, is going to become even more important because our leaders are going to be left with to answer these questions and mm -hmm. deal with this and provide leadership, not necessarily having the tools. And they, we want them to do it fast. We want them to be able to do this tomorrow, not 10 years from now, but tomorrow. And, you know, how, how does it also tie to, because I think if, if you have a company that has great leaders, I would assume that can be used to attract talent. So how can employers, you know, really use that to their benefit to attract talent? Well, this is this is one one thing that uh, when I was thinking about this topic talking today, and I was thinking, you know, we have communication people, we have leaders who communicate, and who's driving the narrative right now? It's usually a PR person or a communication marketing department yep. that drives a corporate agenda publicly and social media and otherwise. And what I would really suggest is we've got to encourage our leaders to hand over some of that to the HR folks who are focused on this so that the, the, the conversation can be different as opposed to a marketing bent on it all the time. It's about attracting talent. So I would include, I mean, if the one thing I would say is that an employer could do is involve HR in the social media dialogue of the company and at the same time too we come to recognizing employees you know in the old days you know, had a luncheon you had a plaque you had an award whatever that was and that is that is changing as well how do you you know recognize your employees especially in this hybrid you know world of work i i don't think i mean i i <clears throat> again thinking about this topic before our conversation i was going this has not changed in, I don't know, 50 years of employee recognition. Uh, it's always the case that uh, we need uh, a solution to recognize employees. Back, back in the day, I mean, you talk about plaques and 
you know, getting a some kind of gift or something, acknowledgement on the, the intranet or something like that. Um, what you what you're missing here is that everybody is different. Everybody is every employee is wants to be recognized in a unique, different way. And that's been a challenge for years. Now you throw in a remote challenge, a hybrid challenge, a dynamic where someone's in the office, you know, a little bit, but not, uh, they have a certain relationship. So we have to really work hard to get to know our employees and get to know our staff and value them and find out what makes them tick. And when we find out and we have as leaders, if we have good relationships with our employees, we understand who they are, we can figure out good ways to reward them and acknowledge them and recognize them. But if we don't know them, which has been a bit of bit of corporate uh, difficulty because we, we come up with standardizations, we want to standardize recognition, it, people are so different. And that's when you have an employee-driven uh, work uh, environment, a labor market, it's even more acute. So I would, you know, to answer this question, I don't know what the ma magic elixir is on recognition because it's not one thing. It's different things for different people. We have to value the humans that we have working for us. And it's interesting and also ties to some other conversations we've been having. It used to be where it was, you were hiring people and here's your offer. And it was sort of the same standardized offer for the same job title within a company where now as an employer, you look at job offers and they become much more bespoke for the employees. So where each employee gets an offer that's really based on what they're looking for, the person, what their situation is. So that's another, I think, another layer, another challenge that comes up on top of that, you know, stepping out of the how we've done it to how we can do it better now. So, but talking about the employee here, so we've been talking about the employer. So how, what are some of the challenges for employees face, you know, what are they facing as they navigate, you know, this changing labor market? Well, it, 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 one of, one of my things that I work with, with clients on is promotion, get, you know, how do you move up the ranks, right? Up the ranks. And it's all about visibility. So now you have, uh, you know, you're promoting yourself, uh, personal branding, all the things we talk about in that. Mm -hmm. How do you get, be more visible? And it ha it, it's not different. It's just now the challenge is, is you have a remote workforce and a hybrid where you have this mixed bag of people and you're, in, you're inserted in that as an employee. You've got to work hard to be visible. Put yourself out there. Be vi and it's, it's hard because, you know, we have a different way of doing that. Uh, an extrovert and introvert will do it differently, want to do it differently, but it works and it needs to happen. So if I had one thought was, you know, amp up your, your visibility, your, your, your profile in the way that works best for you. Don't be a wallflower and sit back and wait for things to happen. That's in the place. If you're looking for work, it's even more, more important to do that. So, and, and this, this kind of ties to, um, to a conversation about authenticity. So in our world, and, you know, we hear it all the time, you have to be authentic, you know, and as you, you know, I'm curious how you, how you advise applicants on being authentic, because 
I think there is potentially, you know, how authentic do you want to be, you know, without losing the authenticity of who you are as a human being. But what is the, you know, what is what's the balance? You know, what, what how do you create that brand that's authentic for yourself without going, you know, overboard, so to speak? It's it's a really interesting question, Al, because uh, you know I get this all the time, and you get it all the time. We hear this word; it's bandied about. Let's be authentic. You've got to be authentic. Hey, he's you know he's kind of fake imposter syndrome. Whatever you want to couch it in, it's coming up. Mm-hmm. What I when I look at it, I look at it in terms of we have a professional side of ourselves at work, and it's being authentic in that mode. Uh, there's certain things that we we reveal and we talk about and we the way we are at work that just aren't happening when we're at home sitting with the kids kicking back watching a game or something. It's it's not the it's so we have a professional a professional side of us and that is the authentic side that we need to work on. What I would add to that is that it it's sort of mixed in with confidence when we're told that we have to be confident i'm sorry have to be authentic mm-hmm. what happens is is that we get that's when it's like we're on stage for something we're not we're not actors here we're just being ourselves in a work environment that to me is authentic that's what we can work out work on and then we can build our confidence around that um so just when you're when someone says oh uh, you know he sounds you know Sounds doesn't sound authentic, and to you, it's some feedback you get or something. Just think: Are am I? I'm in my professional capacity. Am I just really tapping into my thoughts, what I think, mm-hmm. what I feel about this work-related topic? And when it's when we start editing ourselves as we're talking and trying to communicate with others, it's when we get ourselves into trouble. So uh, I think that we want to just kind of let and I'm okay with the authentic word like let's talk authenticity however I really would encourage folks to be professional in it <laughs> it's a, we do things differently professionally than we do when we're at home I think one of my favorite words that ties to that is genuine um, so if you're genuine and authentic you know you've won the game so to speak and yes the professional authentic side of it for work so um very great great information here so looking at employees you know or job seekers what are what are your top three takeaways for them to keep in mind as they're you know navigating this this changing job market or or looking for a job well i i I think i mentioned it already okay is is like don't be a, a wallflower. Don't be sitting back waiting for somebody else to get, you know, promote you. Uh, and I mean, pu- communicate your benefit, what you bring to the table. Be visible. Put yourself out there. Ask questions. Uh, you know, have those conversations with people that are a little higher up in the 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 work world than you are. And be willing to engage in in those kind of learning experiences on a regular basis. Be visible. And this comes into one of the wonderful topics that we talk in career all the time is networking. How does that play? Be okay to have, you know, do that. Visible in your network. Be communicating with folks. So that's one. Two is really know what it is you do for the market that you're in. What is the the classic uh, problem that you solve? Uh, and the solution that you provide for that problem, 
uh, that you bring to the table. And, and everybody has it. We all do it. It doesn't matter what level you're at. Know what that is and be really clear. So when you're communicating, people get a sense and quote unquote, your personal brand is because that's what it is, is, you know, we all say it, that, you know, she's really great at that. Or that's us giving a brand to somebody. We have to own that. So number two is know what it, know what you do for the market that you are in and try or trying to grow into. Okay. And the third piece is, and this is really uh, kind of basic. It is be patiently persistent in all your activities. Be consistent over time, but be just be there on a consistent basis, follow up, uh, you know, you, you're, you're trying to, uh, you know, and I'm, t I'm really thinking about growth here in a career role. Uh, you want to make sure that you're constantly following up, pushing a little bit, opening a door, kicking a door if you have to, and get, you're going to get turned down. You're going to get pushback. And if you're, uh, you know, persistently patient with it, you're just patient, you keep doing it, you can make inroads. So those are the three things. Thank you. So switching it to the employer, what's your what's your feedback for them? <laughs> well, I think I we I know we talked about it is allow HR into the room when it comes to your public communication, your your social media. Employees are looking that's where they're getting a lot of their information. You gotta be there, right? Uh so you want to make sure that you you invite HR to the table. Simple as that to communicate those kind of the, the, the great leadership things that are going on in, a, in an organization and do it well and train your leaders, train them to manage their employees, engage with their employees. It is a different skill set. It isn't top down anymore uh, in the traditional sense. We've we've evolved. And it and as I mentioned COVID and the pandemic sped it up. It said, now we need leaders who get it, who understand the value of the humanness of the employees that are there. We need those folks. And finally, just be okay that uh, from an employee point of view, the company is not the center of the universe. It's not the center of the universe. They have other lives. Back in, you know, back in the 60s, 70s or whatever it was, People had companies, they'd even have company parties and dances and all these things. It may happen now. A culture is really important, but it's still not going to be the center of your employee's universe. And be okay with that. Be okay that you're playing third, fourth fiddle in their life. And that's hard for many. That is indeed hard. Barry, thank you. That was excellent information for both the employers and companies and for the employees navigating this changing world of the labor market. So um, you can connect with uh, Barry at rebootforward.com. So check him out. Lots of great information, great coach, great consultant. Barry, I appreciate you being here. Uh, thank you for sharing and make it a great rest of your day. Thank you, Al. And now let me introduce you to Joyce Joya, CEO of the Herman Group of Companies and author of the soon-to-be-released book, Experience Rules, How Positive Experiences Will Drive Profit into the Future, for our new segment, Looking Forward with Joyce Joya. Welcome, Joyce. Thank you, Al. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to our new segment, Looking Forward. In this segment, I will take the comments of our guests and I'll talk about what they mean for the future. Barry talked about how automation is having an effect and how one of his clients was using augmented reality for training. Very good idea. And as we move into the future, not only will we be using augmented reality, we'll also be using virtual reality. In the last couple of days, I had the opportunity to visit South by Southwest and to actually experience virtual reality. I put on my Oculus headset and I was in another world. I could fly, I could do all sorts of things. And in the future, we will be doing our training in that virtual reality, just as IBM used to onboard its people in the virtual world called Second Life. Moreover, not only will we be using technology in that way, but we'll be actually collaborating with robots. We already do that to one degree or another, but in the future, we'll actually be working much more closely with our robot friends. In fact, there is something that's going on now that's a movement that's called supervised autonomy. And what that means is that one person will be supervising several robots. And that's really interesting to me because what that does is it's a force multiplier for talent and work. Barry also talked about recognizing individuals for what they bring to the table. And I, I know that it's very important now because people need to feel appreciated. But as we move in the, into the future, it will be even more important because organizations do not want to lose their people just because they the people do not feel appreciated by them. It's really important for us to recognize that 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 recognition, that award needs to be individual because what's important for one person may not be important for another. Some of us would like to be recognized publicly, others not so much. And the recognition also needs to go all the way up to the top to our leadership. What I mean by that is our leaders need to be recognizing their people. And not only do they need to be doing that, but they need to be doing it from a point of view of empathy, from a point of view of caring, from a point of view of authenticity. Why? Because our leaders create the culture and the culture is what sets the tone and the level for success in our organizations. Cultures are a reflection of the experiences that people are having in your organization. And it just so happens that my new book is called Experience Rules. And 
there is a direct relationship between culture and experience. Finally, for employers and employees, it's really important for us to stay on the leading edge. Think about what could be happening. From the point of view of you as an employee, think about all of the different possible scenarios that could happen in the future. Think about it. Talk about it with your coworkers. This will make you more valuable to the organization. And from the point of view of leadership, there's very few things that are as important as thinking about the future. And that is because we need to not only think about the future, but envision the future. And the best leaders are the ones who can communicate their visions for the future in ways that people want to make those a reality. It's been a great pleasure to be with you for our first episode of Looking Forward. See you next time. Barry and Joyce, thank you for sharing. Joyce, great new segment. I really enjoyed that. And thank you for joining our show, The Future of Life, Work, and Wellness with Ngumu. Join us next time for a conversation with Cheryl Brown Merriweather about the future of addiction and recovery awareness and help. Until then, be more.